0: It is lovely to be back with you again. Uh, I was joking earlier on there. Uh, Kyle was saying I didn't get interviewed last week. And I said I wanted to see whether I was sound enough or not to, <laughs> to be let loose. But it is, a, it is a joy to be back with you again. Uh, turn with me, please, to Psalm 139. One of the the great, I mean, all Scripture is great, but this is tremendous uh, psalm that says so much to us uh, about the God uh, that we come to worship. Psalm 139. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up, you discern my thoughts from afar. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, And the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day. For darkness is as light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. O oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God! O man of blood, depart from me! They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. This is the Word of God. We saw last week in our look at what the God of Scripture is really like that He is a God who never changes. He never changes. His mood never changes, His promises never change, His love never changes. His love for us is the same today as it was when he gave his only son to die for us on the cross. Psalm 139 reveals another vitally important picture of what our God is like. He is the God who is always everywhere. He is always everywhere. Everywhere. He was just a little lad and on the week's first day was wandering home from Sunday school and dawdling along the way. He scuffed his shoes into the grass. He found a caterpillar. He found a fluffy milkweed pod and blew out all the filler. A bird's nest. In a tree or head so wisely placed and high was just another wonder that caught his eager eye. A neighbor watched his zigzag course and calling from the lawn, asked him where he'd been that day and what was going on. Oh, I've been to Sunday school. He carefully turned the sod and found a snail beneath. I've learned a lot about God. That's a very fine place, the neighbour said, for a boy to be found. If you tell me where God is, I'll give you a brand new pound. Quick as a flash, his answer came, putting his neighbour on the spot. Mister, I'll give you all I have if you tell me where God's not. Missionary to India watched Hindu worshippers tapping on stones and on trees and whispering, Are you there? Are you there? To the God that they hoped was within. God's answer to that question, Are you there? is that He is indeed there. He is everywhere, not on the stones and the, the trees and so on, but in the universe, near to everything, next to everyone, and through his Son, accessible to every seeking soul. But the question again, as last time, is what impact does God being always everywhere What the impact does that have on our daily lives? Well, let's take a look and see. I want to look first of all at how God is always everywhere. How is he always everywhere? Here's a definition. It's a wee bit technical, but don't worry about that. We're going to open it up and explain it. God's omnipresence, in other words, God's being always everywhere, is that perfection of his being by which he is beyond all limitations of space and yet is present in every point of space with his whole being. Put simply, all of God is always everywhere. All of God is always everywhere. And really, in a sense, there are two parts to that. God is beyond all the limitations of space, He can't be contained in space. You can't contain him the way you would contain a, a liquid or, or, or a solid in a bottle or, or in some kind of a box. They are, they're, if you like, bound by the sides of the container. They can't go beyond those limits. In fact, that's where the word container comes from. It contains, it restricts. But God is not bound, He's not contained, He's not restricted by the limits of space. He created space, He put the universe and its rules in place. He was before space was created, He's outside of its boundaries. The Creator cannot be bound by what He has created. Just as his unchangeableness is the perfection whereby he never changes, so his being always everywhere is the perfection whereby he has neither boundaries nor limitations. One writer says, As he is in all time, yet as above time, so he is in all places but yet is above the limitation of any place. Part of God's always being everywhere is that he is beyond the limitations of space. Of course, we see that very clearly in, in the, the resurrected Christ. You know the story. The disciples are, are hiding in the, in the upper room, and suddenly... Jesus appears in the midst of them. And remember what he says in in Luke 24 and verse 39? Touch me and see. A spirit does not have flesh and bones like me. I'm not a spirit. I'm not a ghost. But the walls and the locked doors were no restriction to his movement. He is beyond the limitations of space. Not only that, he is present in every point of space. God is present everywhere. There, I suppose there are three ways that, that we can see uh, what it means to be present in space. Uh, things that have uh, quantity, if you like, bodies, people, uh, are in space. We're, we're surrounded by the space that we occupy. We fill one particular piece of space, and we are bound by the limits of space— We can't walk through walls. You ever wondered why you can't walk through walls? Because the wall already takes up that space, and you can't have two things taking up the same space at the same time. Finite spirits are said to be in a certain definite space. They can only be in one place at a time. They're not everywhere at the same time. Satan and his evil spirits are an example. He can't be in several places at the same time. He is not omnipresent like God. All of God is in every part of space, at the same time. And yet he's not contained by space. As we said last time, when you try to have an illustration of of God, it falls down at some point. But here's an illustration that gives us a bit of an idea. Think of a, a great ocean liner and it sinks into the Atlantic Ocean. The whole of the ship is filled with the ocean. Every compartment is completely filled. But the whole of the ocean is not in the ship. It's fully in the ship, and yet it extends far beyond the ship. And so it is with God. All of God is everywhere. He fills all of space. He fills heaven. He fills earth. He fills under the earth. And he is never restricted. He's never contained by space. In the passage we just read in Psalm 139 and verses 7 to 10, the, the psalmist reminds us, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand will lead me. No matter where I go, God still fills everywhere with his presence. And so, when we speak of God as being everywhere, always, it simply means that you cannot think of a place where God is not there. He's everywhere. To go back to our poem, that's a very fine place, the neighbor said, for a boy to be found. If you tell me where God is and he give you a brand new pound, that's easy. Quick as a flash, his answer came, putting his neighbor on the spot. Mister, I'll give you all I have if you tell me where God's not. That's a different question. See, God is not like some uh, sort of king ruling his kingdom in exile. He is present in every part. And not just by his, his power acting on it, but with his essential presence, with everything that he is in himself. And we need to be careful that we don't fall into error. God is not... Somehow diffused throughout the universe. Little bits of Him here, there, and yonder. It's all of God in all of the places. You can't divide God up into parts. He fills heaven and earth entirely in all places. One writer says, not by scraps and fragments of his being, but with all his being. All of God is always everywhere. What does that mean to you and me? What's the challenge of God being always everywhere. Well, it presents a challenge that so often we feel. We believe it intellectually, but we act as though we can hide from God. Of course, there's nothing new in that. Go right back to the beginning of time, Adam and Eve... In the garden, Genesis 3, you know the story. God comes looking for Adam. Remember Adam's response? I heard your voice and I hid myself. I hid myself. Adam sinned and thought he could hide behind some trees. I mean, how absurd is that? But is it? You and I do and say lots of things in the privacy of our own home that we know are wrong. Things we would never dream of doing or saying in public. Things we we would never want the church to know about maybe unpleasant criticism of others, or maybe doubtful things in our own lives. If you like, we hide behind the curtains. And we think that when we keep them hidden from people, we're all right. But God is everywhere, listening, listening, listening to every conversation, watching every action. Isn't it interesting that we do things in the full view of God that we wouldn't dare to do in the full view of other people? Does that mean that somehow we we place God lower than man when we avoid paying our TV license or road tax, more or less than honest with our tax return. When we live our lives on the basis that it's alright as long as no one sees or no one knows about it. We can harbor evil thoughts in our minds, whether they're immoral thoughts, whether they're critical thoughts, whether they're spiteful thoughts towards others. They're not hidden from God. They can never be hidden from God because he is always everywhere. Everywhere. In the fact, when you think about it, they, they are done right in front of his face. We behave as though we can hide from God. When I was a teenager growing up, my dad was the local barber. Everybody knew him, and he knew Everybody that meant that everywhere I went, everything I did, he would sooner or later find out about and would deal with it appropriately. So, when I was tempted to misbehave, that knowledge was always uppermost in my mind, and it affected my behavior. I'd love to be able to say it meant that I never did anything wrong. But of course, that wouldn't be true. But because you knew that he would find out, you did stop. You did think before you said something or before you did something. Stop and think for a moment. we could fully grasp that God is always everywhere and therefore he is fully aware of our innermost thoughts he sees and knows our every action no matter how we try to conceal it if we were to stop and really think about that What would that do to our lives? God is permanently, if you like, at our elbow in our homes, our places of work, our schools, our colleges, our social activities. What a challenge to how we live. can't go anywhere that God is not present with us. That's a life-changing truth when we get hold of it. The challenge of God being always everywhere. But thirdly, there's the contentment from God being always everywhere. The contentment. The fact that, that God is always everywhere, that He is actively involved with His creation uh, brings not only a challenge, but it also brings contentment. Looking at society where where wickedness knows no bounds. What a relief to know that God hasn't taken himself off. He hasn't left us to our own devices. He's right here, present and involved, and indeed in complete control of everything. Think. Those believers facing persecution today, they're not alone in the prison cell, in solitary confinement, in the mental hospitals. God is right there with them, just as He was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right there in the fire not outside looking on, spectating, but right in there with them. And when we face life's fires, whether it's loss of employment or or loss of health or loss of a loved one, even death itself, what a peace, what a, a contentment comes from the assurance that God is right there with us. We don't have to go looking for him. God's children are never alone. We are always in his presence, in time, into death, and all through eternity. What a source of contentment. God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's exactly what He meant. It's a great source of support in times of temptation. When Satan and his minions would would tempt us, they have to battle with the fact that we are in Christ. The presence of God is always with us to support and to strengthen us. What contentment the presence of God brings to us in difficult situations. also brings us great joy and encouragement when we come to worship. We worship God knowing that that we don't have to go around sort of knocking on on trees and stones and asking, are you there? Are you there? We worship in the certain knowledge that, that God is there, that he's very present with us, that he engages with us in our worship. His promise in Matthew eighteen twenty, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am among them. Our worship is not uh, some kind of empty custom. We, we engage in worship and the certain knowledge that, that God is right here with us. What a joy, what an encouragement. It's an encouragement when we seek to serve Him. We have the assurance that He is with us. He knows exactly what we need, He knows exactly how we feel, and He's right there on the spot to provide us with everything we need to faithfully carry out the task that he has given to us. Isaiah 41 verse 10 reminds us, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. If Sherry puts it well in her her hymn, we rest on thee, our shield and our defender. We go not forth alone against the foe. Strong in thy strength, safe in thy keeping tender. We rest on thee, and in thy name we go. What, What contentment, what security flows from knowing. That God is always everywhere. We're all pretty familiar with the the phrase carpe diem, seize the day. There's another Latin phrase, uh, coram deo, which means practicing the presence of God. Practicing the presence of God—in other words, living with that true awareness that God is always everywhere—and one writer says that that is the most value. That is more value than property or earthly friends. More valuable than property or earthly friends. Meeting God in everyday life. Being aware that, that we're in his presence all the time. That's not some kind of, of uh, emotionalism. It's not some kind of uh, subjective experience. It's reality. It's to be like George Whitfield's lad of whom it was said that he is so conscious of God's presence that he walks around with his hat off. He is so conscious of God's presence that he walks around with his hat off. That sounds quaint to us, doesn't it? Because sadly, it's an experience that belongs to a spiritual age that we know nothing about. Knowing that God is always everywhere, practicing the presence of God leads to His gaze being uppermost in our minds. Before I do anything, before I say anything, I'm thinking, I'm the presence of God. Doesn't mean I walk around with a holy frown. Scripture makes it clear that that's not what the presence of God is like. Psalm 1611, there is joy in the presence of God. We've seen that practicing the presence of God is a shield against temptation. It's an incentive to to holy living, keeping God always before us acts as as an alarm against getting involved in in, in things that would displease him, things that would dishonor him. Never mind those things that would, would, as it were, outrage his holy gates. Consciousness of the presence of God overcome all the distractions in worship being fully aware that when we worship God is here God is actually here that focuses our minds we don't start to think about who else is not here or who else is here? We don't start to think about what we're going to do after the service is over. We're focused on him. Busy mother went into her room one evening to write a letter. She sat down at her desk and she started to write. Page after page after Page. After some time, she she heard a huge sigh just behind her. And she turned around, and she saw her son, her little son, cuddled up in an armchair. Son, how long have you been there? Oh, he says, a long time, mommy. In fact, all the time. But you've been too busy to notice me. Sometimes we can take people for granted, not be fully aware of their presence. And sometimes we can take God for granted and not be fully aware of his presence. Ask God, how long have you been there? And you say, all the time but you've been too busy to notice me. One writer says, the carnal mind sees God in nothing, not even spiritual things. The spiritual mind sees God in everything, even in the natural things. What an incredible God always, everywhere. And if only we could really get hold of this, that just as there's not a moment when we are not under his mercy, there's not an instant when we're out of his presence. Because that knowledge, that grasp, would mean that we never think, we never speak, we never act without being conscious that the God who is always everywhere, standing right beside us, it's all around us, knows the thoughts and the motives of our hearts. This Is a life changing truth. A life changing truth whose impact will transform our daily lives. The God who never changes. The God who is always everywhere. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way in which you reveal yourself to us. We thank you for this incredible truth that you are the God who is always everywhere. And we thank you for the the challenge that comes from that truth and how a full grasp of it will change our lives. And we ask that you would give us such a grasp. Father, we pray that you would enable us to live with that constant awareness that wherever we are and whatever we do, we are in your presence. We ask that it might be a guard against sin and also a great source of comfort and contentment as we face life's trials. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.